Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Turn to John chapter what? John chapter 14. I'm telling you, I don't know if we'll ever get out of here. I have been meditating on this all day, every day for the last several weeks. Throughout the day, I just find myself grabbing my phone, opening up John 14. And, you know, as I said last week, there's only three verses in the whole chapter where it's not in red. And three of Jesus' disciples, two of them had a question. One of them had a statement that literally was a question in and of itself. And uh, I've been just meditating on those three thoughts that Thomas, Philip, and Judas, got to make this, got to get this straight now for Judas' sake. Judas, not Iscariot. Okay? It's not Judas that betrayed Jesus. It was, it was the other Judas. And uh, I told the prayer team this morning, I imagine that when John was recording all of this after the death of Christ and the burial and the resurrection, and, and as John began to pen uh, all the things that he had seen and heard of Christ, uh, and he began to relate to the disciples, and he was talking with them and making sure that his version was in line with what everybody else remembered as they wrote the scriptures as we know them today, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels. Uh, I imagine Judas made it really clear to John, hey, you make sure you put in there which Judas it is because uh, my question uh, was really important. And uh, And the thoughts that they ask, I believe any one of us, if we had spent three years with Jesus and we had not yet received the Holy Spirit and we didn't fully understand what he said all the time, I believe we would probably have questions too. And I don't think Jesus was offended by questions at all. Matter of fact, as I said last week, for three and a half years, those guys walked with Christ. They didn't ride bicycles, donkeys, chariots. They didn't have Uber. They walked from city to city for three and a half years. I remember a few years ago, quite a few years ago now, before the boys were married, we did a little bit of hiking up in the Appalachian Trail, and we would take our dog Sophie with us. She loved to hike, and uh, she had roamed the woods all night, and after about three days, four days of hiking, we'd get back to the vehicle, and Sophie would be nonstop the whole time we were on the trail, but as soon as we got in that van, man, she fell asleep, started snoring like a freight train. And we would push her and pull her and tug her and we'd stop to eat and Sophie wasn't about to wake up and get out of the truck. I mean the van, she just slept. But, but on the trail, we walked and we talked. It's amazing what you can do when you don't have cell phones and iPads and televisions and every other bit of confusion that's out there. You, you have to either talk to yourself or talk to your friends or in my case, my sons. 
One day, and I'll just throw Nathan under the bridge here, or under the river, or under the whatever. One, one day, we were, we were, there were a bunch of us, and, and we were spread out, and we were heading up the mountain, and I was leading the way, I was way up, and Nathan was in the back, and we had walkie-talkies, and, and uh, so I, I just gave a shout-out, hey, anybody seen Sophie? Uh, Sophie okay? And Nathan comes on the walkie-talkie, and he said, oh, yeah, Sophie's with me. And he's like a half a mile behind me. We're on the trail. We're just heading up into the, well, it's cold that night. It snowed and rained, and, and, uh, but we're just on the trail. And about the time Nathan said, uh, yeah, Dad, uh, Sophie's good. She's with me. About that time, I felt a presence walk by me. <laughs> it was Sophie. <laughs> I said, Nathan, you sure Sophie's with you? Yeah, I just saw her. She was right here just a minute ago. <laughs> I said, well, son, she just passed me, and she, she's, she's now leading the pack. You remember that, Nathan? <laughs> yeah, he remembers that. But it's okay, because Sophie was all right. But you know, on those trips, man, we had some great talks, because as soon as we would find a place we we're going to camp, somebody would start building a fire, somebody else would look for a creek bed so we could get more water, and we'd go through the purifying water process and all, but we'd build a fire, and then, man, we'd have so much fun just, you know, cooking whatever it was people brought to cook. And what's yours is mine. Isn't that right, Andy? What, what Andy cooked was, was partially mine. And, and, uh, so some would have a potato they'd stuffed in their bag or a piece of meat or whatever. And we'd cook and we'd st- sit around that campfire. And we'd talk for hours. Imagine three and a half years of that with Jesus the Christ. Three and a half years of talking and asking questions and hearing the answers and not getting it. I mean, it's, it's, it's really mind-boggling to me. But then I think back in my own personal life from 8 to 18. 8, I was saved, baptized in water, called to preach. At 18, I finally said, Holy Spirit, if you're real, I want you. He came in as the person of the Godhead into my life. And from that day on, my life's never been the same. 8 to 18, oh, that's a different story. Man, I bet I got saved 35 times. Because, man, I love Jesus on Sunday. But Monday, Tuesday, and by Friday, all those pretty girls and all those opportunities. But you'd be back in church on Sunday, and if, if you had any heart after God, the Holy Spirit of God would just come and just lovingly Say, really, is that, is that what you want to be and do? Is that what you want? No, man, you just repent. You might not run to the altar, but you did some serious repenting. Anybody know what I'm talking about besides me? Saved but not filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, see, when he came in, boy, he wouldn't let me get away with nothing, honey. Nothing, honey. I mean, nothing. He loves us so much. That before you even commit the act, when you think about it in your mind, he's already going, really, is that where you want to go? All right, I got to get to my message. I just want y'all to understand our need of Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Today, right now, we need Holy Spirit to give revelation, inspiration as we meditate on this word. So John 14, I think I'm going to start in verse 8. Got through most of 6 and 7 last week. But as I do, I want to just give you these questions and comments by Thomas, Philip, and Judas. The first one by Thomas, he said, Lord, we know, we, we do not know where you are going. 
And how can we know the way? Now, that, it, that's legit, right? Right? Yes. That's legit. Jesus keeps talking about where he's going, and he says, you know where I'm going. And, and Thomas like, okay. We don't even know where you're going. How do we know the way that you're going? And then the second one is Philip, and he said, Lord, we're going to start here in just a second. Show us the Father, and it's enough for us. King James, the New King James Version says it's sufficient for us. And then Judas says to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? So last week we, we hung out in John chapter 14, verse uh, 6 and 7. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. Can you say amen to that? So be it. That, that's settled in us. We understand there's no, there's no doctrine, there's no book, there's no denomination, there's no particular group that's got more than we got. There, there's, not a, there's not a more inspired. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father through any other door except those doors. The way, man. I want to know the way, the truth. Jesus, open up my heart, my mind, my spirit. Help me to always be led by truth. You know, I've confessed, I believe, almost every sin I've ever committed to this house in 35 years. I, I'm not committing sins against y'all. I'm talking about sins as a child, sins of, you know, sins of, of whatever. This morning I was saying, Lord, if there's any pride in me, just kill it. Don't kill me. Just kill, help me to kill the pride because <laughs> I don't want anything because I know me. I was back there this morning praying, saying, Lord, if you don't strengthen me today, I'm not going to be able to preach because I've been just dealing with uh, shortness of breath all morning. And, and, and so I was back there praying and I'd have to pause and take a deep breath. And, 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 and so the, the need to understand that outside of Christ, you're nothing. We have no hope. If, if it were my time right now and my breath was removed from my body, my spirit left this body, you know what's going to happen to this body, right? Bam, it's going to hit the ground. And then I've already told y'all, y'all do whatever you want with it. Just, you just get rid of it. Because I will have left the building. And I'm okay with that in God's time. But, but I don't want to go a moment before. A day before. I, I want to be full of the breath of God. And, and so it doesn't take but, but, but a little bit of wisdom when you go through things to go, wow, this, this is just a reminder once again how much I need God. Amen. I need God in every area of my life. I, I need God today to preach. I need God to have the strength today to deliver the word that he put in my heart for us. And that's a wonderful thing to be at peace with, with, with the reality, man, outside of Christ. I ain't nothing. And I know it's not proper English, but it is the truth. Amen? Amen. So, verse 8, we're going to get there. Philip says to him, Lord, show us the Father and it's sufficient. It's enough for us. And Jesus said, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? Ponder that. Three and a half years, Philip, 
We've been walking together, talking, been answering your questions, been telling you stories. I've been telling you the things that are going to happen before they happen. So after they happen, you'll what? Remember that I told you. See, Jesus knew they weren't getting it. It's like he didn't wake up one morning so frustrated. Y'all line up, I'm going to slap every one of you. <laughs> he knew they weren't getting it. That's why he said what he said about, I got to go. It's time. I've done everything the Father wanted me to do. And you boys are not going to get it until the Holy Spirit comes. I don't know why recently I am just consumed with this. Everybody in this room needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Our children need to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. They need the ability to pray in a heavenly language. They need the ability to, to know that they have to rely upon the Father. And, and when the Holy Spirit comes in your life, all of a sudden, everything becomes real. It's no longer just, it's no longer a law. Man, I tried to live for God for 10 years by the law. The law of the church. The law of scripture. Thou shalt not. Wow, that's hard to do. But when the Holy Spirit came, all of a sudden it went from thou shalt not to I want you to know the Father. I want you to know. And that's what Philip was saying. He's saying, Lord, show us the Father. Have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me, ah, oh, it's he that does the work. You got to hang on to verse 10 because in a few minutes I'm going to get over to that verse that just blows all of us away. That one when Jesus starts talking about the things you've seen me do. Come on, you know where I'm going. You're going to do and greater. And I'm like, oh God. When I meditate on that a few times, I almost didn't preach John 14 because that's a tough scripture. And yet, Jesus said it. We've seen glimpses of it. So I wonder if we've only seen glimpses of the Father. I'm, I'm wondering what is it that hinders us as the American church hinders our faith. He said, and I, I might get there today, probably not, maybe next week. He says, whatever you need, ask of me. So simple. He said, just ask of me. And I will do it. I'm like, Lord, I want my faith to get there. Anybody that arrogantly wants to stand up and say, oh, I'm already there. Just would you not get up because we don't believe you. <laughs> but don't you want to be there? Don't you want to get to the place in Scripture where you've never been yet? 
And, Je- and, and Jesus answers Philip and he said, Philip, how, how long have I been with you? You've seen all the things. And he says, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me, the Father who dwells in me, listen to this, does the work. Jesus is saying, don't, I'm not getting credit here. I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say what I hear the Father saying. Jesus was walking with the Father. That's why you ever just spent time in the Gospels and realize how many times after Jesus did amazing things that he slipped out of the crowd? Oh, we American Christian pastors, we love to go into the crowd. That was a great word today, Pastor. Jesus, he, he did great works. And then he slipped out of the crowd. What did he do? Go to Mark's and have a steak? He would go secluded to a place of prayer. And I think it was because he needed to hear what the father was saying about the next day. And the next opportunity. You notice how Jesus would say to the disciples, I have need to go to Samaria. <laughs> Lord, are you kidding us? I mean, this was the beginning of his ministry. These disciples, they're wet behind the ear. They, they just, they're mesmerized that, that they saw him do, they, they saw him turn water into wine. And man, it was some good wine. Okay, for all you religious folks, it was good wine. It was wine that if you drank enough, you'd get drunk. And yet he said, don't get drunk. But it was good wine. And they were like, wow, did y'all see that? Water turned into wine. And then he saw Jesus raise a paralytic, came down through the roof. They're up there trying, what are you doing? Stop! Can't tear up this man's roof. And these friends were serious about, they had some kind of revelation that this man had something that their friend needed. Legs are all bent and twisted, never walked. And Jesus looks, comes down. And I love how the the movie, The Chosen, uh, um, depicted this scene when Jesus looks up at the friend, the woman, and he smiles at her. What great faith. Those friends went to battle for their friend. And the disciples saw it. And yet they were not understanding the words that were coming out of his mouth. Many of us today still need a revelation so we can understand the words that came out of Jesus' mouth. Verse 11, he said, believe me that I am in the Father. And the Father in me. Or else believe for the sake of the works themselves. Wow. Jesus said, you've been witnessing all of this. And I've been telling you that I only do the things that I see the Father do. Only say the things I hear the Father say. Can y'all say an amen to that? Y'all get real quiet in here on me this morning. We need a revelation. Don't let anybody try to convince you God's not talking today. If he's not talking, you need to get out of wherever you are. Because God's talking. He's speaking through his word. Speaking through the prophets. Speaking through pastors. Imperfect pastors that sometimes do 
stupid things. And God still uses man. And he's speaking. And that word he's speaking should put a hunger in us to go, I need more of the Father. Because we, we have to really be honest and examine our heart. Why don't we have what we really, our spirit man cries out for, but our flesh? How is it? Guys, don't get mad at me here, but there's only a few illustrations I can use. How is it that you can get up at 4.30 to be on the water by 5.30? To fish for hours. But you can't get up, make it to prayer. Even your own personal prayer time. We cannot be casual inquirers in the house of God, in the presence of God, and then wonder why we don't hear the voice of God. I'm preaching one finger to you and three fingers to me. So don't get offended. Let your flesh get offended. Let your spirit man begin to say, I want my family to believe that daddy, daddy is serious about leading our family to know God. Don't justify yourself with this, I can't get up in the morning. You get up for whatever you want to get up for and you go do whatever you want to do. Just how it is. Does it mean you need some wisdom? 12 o'clock. Why, why do people stay up till 12 o'clock? I mean, what do you do from 8.30 to 12? I don't know, because I'm in bed asleep. <laughs> I've always been an early riser, and I understand there are those of you who just say, I, I, can't, I can't go to sleep at night. When you keep your mind busy with everything, whether it's reading books, television, texting, surfing. Some of you are incredible surfers. You just surf through that internet. Facebook. No wonder you can't go to sleep at mid till midnight. And no wonder you can't get up at 5 in the morning or 6. Because if you have to be at work at 8, you can't get up at 7.30 and think, have any confidence that your family thinks you spend any time with God. Oh, yeah, I was praying in the shower. Well, you can pray in the shower. This is not... This is not Christian 101, okay? This is Christian 401. You've been through the first year, the second year, the third year. We're, we're like on a Sunday morning. Pastor, can you say that? I mean, there are people that just, that they're not there yet. But I bet they want to be in their spirit. Come on. See, I'm not standing up here because everything I'm saying, I'm, I, I have perfected. No. I'm saying those things because I'm still saying, Lord, I want to perfect these things in my life. I want to make sure that, that not only am I reading your word every day, but I'm, I'm taking time to hear your voice and to pray. Yesterday morning, I was reading the word. Right in the middle of my word, I felt Holy Spirit said, pray for somebody. I stopped and I prayed. Then I picked up my phone and I texted. And I said, I just prayed over you, this over you this morning. And an hour later, I get a text back. You don't know how much I needed to hear that at that moment. 
Not an hour later, at that moment. It's amazing when you begin to tune in to Holy Spirit. He'll use you to encourage someone, touch someone, strengthen someone, help someone. And it's amazing when you do that, how good you feel. Like, God, you could have used the jackass today, but he used me. Woo! Feeling good today. You parents, don't worry. It's in the Bible. It's not a cuss word unless you made it one. <laughs> that jackass said to the prophet, why are you beating me? <laughs> don't you see what I see? <laughs> A dumb prophet didn't see nothing, man. That jackass, eyes open, and, and he's like, whoa! <laughs> There's this big old angel with a sword, you know, about to come down, and, and he's like, prophet, why in the world are you beating me? <laughs> I bet the donkey said, Lord, open his eyes, too. <laughs> come on, somebody, you know what I'm saying? In those few scriptures right there. Listen, Jesus reveals the Father to the disciples. He reveals the, he reveals the Father to you and I. Sunday morning church is never enough. Never enough. If that's all you got, you're at the front door. You're missing out so much. When you begin to press in to say, I want to know you, Father. You're going to spend time in his word. You're going to find yourself wanting to worship. Sing to the Lord a new song. Want to sing an old song? Sing an old song. Want to sing a psalm? Sing a psalm. But you begin to sing to the Lord out of your heart. Man, you guys would not re- believe how beautiful my voice is when it's just me and God. It is amazing. God goes, I receive that. The young lady, Angela, that played the violin for us for a few weeks, was that a blessing to you guys? Unfortunately, she's back in Columbia. Is it Columbia? Oh, she's already made it to Columbia and to New York? No, she's in Columbia. Okay, thank you. But she's on her way to uh, school of ministry to learn how to play even better for worship. I thought, I'll take her just as she is. (laughs) Man, there was something about that. Matter of fact, when Jamie moved her from over here to over there, I got mad at Jamie. How dare him do that without my permission? I mean, because I just love watching her flow and I love the sound of that. A violin? Are you serious? I grew up rock and roll. Man, that violin made me just want to close my eyes and worship God. Just like the piano does and the guitars and the drums. To know the Father. Jesus speaks. And this is, this is something I believe we have to say. Holy Spirit, we need a greater revelation of. But, but he said he speaks under the authority of the Father. I, I, I kept reading that yesterday, and I thought, Lord, how many times have I spoken and it wasn't under your authority? It was like I thought I had a good word. Help me not to do that anymore. Help me to make sure that what I speak, even 
out of the word, that it's out of a pure heart, no alternative motive, no trying to correct somebody privately in a public service. I've done that before. <laughs> Just confessing my sins. <laughs> if you pastor for 40 years, I've done that before. Can I tell you? It don't work. It just, they don't get it. It's like almost every time you need to bring correction and you do it in a public gathering, the ones that need to hear it, they're not there anyhow. <laughs> and everybody else like, Pastor, I'm doing my best. I know you are and I appreciate it. <laughs> Could you go tell those people in your covenant group though or your connect group? Sometimes we have to trust Holy Spirit. <laughs> Because until they're ready, they don't have an ear to hear. Amen? Amen. And Jesus declared, if for no other reason, look at all the works. The works of the church are important. That's why ministry time is so important that we stir our faith with one another to believe that every time the enemy comes against us during the week, we know that we can come into a place, a safe place, and we can go to those who have like faith and say, man, the enemy, I'm not giving any credit to him, but boy, has he been after me, and I'm sick and tired of it, and I need somebody to pray a prayer agreement with me to fight the good fight of faith so that the enemy no longer has a place, and somebody has a prophetic word, a word of knowledge, uh, an encouraging word, an exhortation. Somebody lays hands on you, and something supernaturally breaks. That's what, that's what ministry time's all about. It's not about, and it's not about st standing in the congregation and being a spectator. It's about, man, either worship or start praying over those folks. Because who knows that next week you're going to be that person that goes, man, somebody help me. You don't know how many times in this kind of setting, before we ever have it, back there in our huddle up meetings, Rob walked in over the last 31 months. And after all the business of the day and everything, we got everything ready to go. Everybody knows what they're going to be doing. We, we've come early. We've prepared our hearts. We're about to practice uh, worship. We're, we're about to make sure the sound's right, the air condition's right, the seats are right, the children's ministry's right, the golf carts are out there ready to help people get in from way out yonder ways. And, and uh, everything's done. How many times I've just stepped to the middle of the group, the one who's going to preach today, and say, I need some prayer today. Before I can even make it out there, I need the strength of the Lord right now. We humble ourselves and we see God move. There are times when I've walked out on this stage, when I've said, standing behind the screen right there, Holy Spirit, if you don't show up, I might collapse. And I don't want to do that in front of my kids, my grandkids, my church family. So Holy Spirit, I'm dependent upon you. And you know what? So far, I haven't collapsed. Come on, somebody. Because the strength of the Lord, the dependency upon him, he wants to show himself mighty in all of our lives. John chapter 14. I'm going to try to get three more verses here. I got 11 minutes. Verse 12. Most assuredly, Jesus is saying, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Watch how quiet it gets in here. And greater works 
than these. He will do. Why? So we can be puffed up? No. He said, he said because I go to my Father. Not about us. It's about him. Our willingness to be obedient. Our willingness to stand in the place of faith. As I preach this scripture, I can imagine every thought running through this building. People we prayed for that are in heaven today. People we stood in faith for. We watched their marriage break up, divorce, separated, children all messed up. People that were sick. That just remain sick. And we have to say, Pastor, where does this scripture? Because the question, the question comes to this. Does God fail? Or is it on us? Scary thing to confess, isn't it? Pastor, you really want to go there this morning? <laughs> See, I believe that we're supposed to walk in that kind of power. I have seen amazing miracles in my life. I've also seen people die prematurely in my judgment until I have to settle in my heart. God knows the beginning from the end. It wasn't my time. It wasn't my time for El to go. I mean, I had to have a walk and a talk with the Lord about that. Because he passed on Wednesday morning, Tuesday morning in this place, right up here, 50, 60 people. We had a prayer meeting the whole time over L. We were praying, speaking, declaring, calling life. And I believe as long as a person has breath, we have a right as believers to speak the word of God and ask God what's in our heart. In the end, we trust God. My prayer always is, Lord... If they're not going to experience a supernatural touch right here now, take them home. I don't want to see them suffer for days, weeks, months, and years. When those doctors kept telling Fran, well, it's possible if he survives, he's going to have a major kidney problems, failure. And then a few hours later, well, if he survives, he's probably going to have some kind of brain damage because we don't know how long he was out before the medics got there and got oxygen on him. So all these ifs. And I love that every time that I talked with Fran, there was such a peace. She was blowing me away. I was like, this little short thing is a bundle of faith and peace. Did she want her husband to be restored to life and be here today? Absolutely. Did she trust God 100% with Elle's life? Absolutely. And we have all had to do that with somebody that we love. When my sister Cheryl passed away nine years ago, she passed on a Friday. I preached Sunday morning. People got saved. I preached her service on Friday. And Friday afternoon after the service was over, I went to my office and I hit a wall. Can I just confess? Can I be honest with y'all? I hit a wall. My faith was an hour before was strong as can be. An hour later, when the anointing subsided and I'm in my office and all the questions begin to come. She's 65 years old, the age I am today. I said, God, I don't get this. We prayed. 
We believed. We had faith. We prophesied. There was a time somebody called me and said, man, have you been over to your sister's house? I said, no, what's going on? There's about a hundred people surrounded her house. Just worshiping God and praying. Some of the neighbors came out and said, what are y'all doing? And when they were told, they said, well, can we join you? And they just came out of their houses and began to pray over my sister. My sister believed. And then she went to be with Christ. I called Pastor Tad and Rhonda my office and I said, guys, y'all do whatever you got to do over the next few weeks. I'm, I'm heading out of town. I, I, I got to have a talk with God. Because I can't preach come Sunday. I ain't got nothing in me. Y'all don't be throwing tomatoes up here. Judgment at all at me. It's telling you the way it was. And Suzanne and I took off on a sabbatical. And for about a week or two, man, I hope y'all can still love me after I confess all this. I mean, for a week or two, I didn't read my Bible. I wasn't playing Christian music. I was walking the beach, numb, numb in my faith, numb in my understanding. I didn't want to read John 14. (laughs) I mean, for a little bit there, I just, and you know what? God was okay with it. I mean, God was okay with it. God understands. Jesus understands our pain. He stood at the tomb of Lazarus, who he was about to raise from the dead, and he wept with sorrow for what the family was feeling. Wow. And I found out it was okay to weep. And I I found out it's okay even to yell at God. Because, I mean, he could have just backhanded me, and y'all had had two funerals. Or, or let's say two celebrations of life. If you could have been celebrating me at that point, I don't know. But I remember one afternoon I'm walking down. Sun's beginning to set. I'm sure Suzanne was back at the condo praying, Oh God, <laughs> help this man you gave me. <laughs> she was hurting too. I mean, Cheryl was a lot of things to us. My salvation in so many ways goes back to Sharon Bob saving my life as a little 13, 14 year old boy with long hair and confusion. Took me into their life, into their home, made a place. Bob taught me how to be a man, how to clip my fingernails and shine my shoes, how to be respectful, thankful, how to clean a kitchen, how to mop a floor how to drive a car. Cheryl taught me about being in awe at God. And then the Lord brought them to us as a gift. My elder sister and brother-in-law, and they worked for me. Mr. Bob would call me pastor. I'd say, Bob, I'm I'm the same George you, you picked up and turned upside down and put his head in the toilet. Because I wouldn't stop banging on your door when leave it alone. <laughs> leave it alone. And you know what he'd say? Yes, Pastor, I remember that. 
How, how did this elder brother and sister have such respect for a younger brother? Serve me till they both went to be with Jesus. Because they had something in the Father. And so, one afternoon, I'm walking down the beach, and all of a sudden, the peace of God flooded my soul. And I was okay. See, there was never a question about where Cheryl was. Was she in the presence of the Lord? Was she happy? Was, it, it wasn't about her. It was about me. I was okay with where she was. I wasn't okay with where she wasn't. That come out right? I was okay with where she was. I wasn't okay with where she wasn't. Wow, that's deep. <laughs> For me. <laughs> and that day the Lord began to heal my heart. Comfort me. Restore vision. It took a long time for me to be able, and Suzanne and I talk about this often. There, there's a long time when we struggled to even pray in faith for somebody when they were sick because I felt like, well, I prayed for Cheryl with all the faith I had. Matter of fact, the day Cheryl announced to our presbytery she had written me a letter that morning and thought I had read it. That the day before she had been diagnosed with tumors in her stomach. And the doctors wanted to put her in the hospital immediately and do surgery and she wouldn't do it. And she came to Presbytery the next day. We're sitting there. We have a long staff meeting. We don't break until it's time for lunch. And so we stand up. We're getting ready to go. I stand up and Cheryl stands up and she says, honey, could I say something? Could I tell the presbytery what's going on? Sure. I, I didn't have a clue what she's talking about. Because that morning I'd gotten up at 5 and gone to 6 o'clock prayer. And at 7 I had a ministry meeting right after. And at 8.30 we started presbytery. So I never looked at my computer, never read the email that she had written personally to me about what had happened. And so she stands up and tells the whole presbytery, yesterday I was diagnosed with cancer and and I'll never forget, she stood there behind her chair, pushed in, and she said, but it's okay. Because George and you guys are going to, George and Suzanne, you guys, you're going to lay hands on me, anoint me. And just like the times past when the Lord's healed me from breast cancer and other uh, major issues in my life, you're going to pray. I believe God's going to heal. We're going to go on. That was the last day she ever came to presbytery. She had faith. I had faith. And I've been willing to say, God, help my unbelief. You see, whatever it is, we in the American church, in our free nation, with all of our freedoms and all of our stuff, Lord, I'm ready to go to this place in Scripture and not be afraid to read it out loud and begin to confess that everything Jesus said we should be doing we need to start believing to do. Can you say amen to that? We need to start believing to do. Even when it's, we have to deal with our unbelief or our lack of faith. In Africa, I laid hands on a deaf person and Pastor Ball walked up beside me. I laid hands and 
prayed a simple prayer and walked away and all of a sudden shouting and screaming started and as I turned around they started saying he can hear I, I, I've seen God do miracles I've seen people get up and walk in other countries and I continually say to myself God doesn't love those countries more than he loves the American church so whatever the issue is it's not God it's us God help us well the last 20 minutes of that was not anything that I thought of or prepared and I don't apologize for it I think in all of you the same story is going on that's going on in me Lord I want to hear I want to do your works and it not be about me can, can we get to the places as Americans where we can be used by God without becoming superstars got to have my jet got to have my ushers around me my security team usher me in usher me out you guys know that when I got diagnosed and then finally got to come back and start preaching a little over a year ago one of the hardest things I ever did would stay back behind that screen come out and preach and then go back I know that all of you my family know that's not me I mean I want to be out there hugging and touching and not getting pats on the back being told what a great word it was if it's a great word let it manifest itself in your life amen because if all it is and some of the brothers came up to me Wednesday night after service time's running but I think I need to say this couple brothers came up Wednesday night. I was sitting on the front row next to my wife. Pastor Ron was teaching. It was a great word. It was a great word, Ron. And I was taking notes. Five pages of notes I took Wednesday night. And, and, and when I knew they were about to flip the, the slide and I, and I hadn't gotten the, my note, I would grab my phone and take a picture of it so I would be able to copy it. And, and then over the last few days, I've taken those notes just like I took Elle's notes from when he taught in March. That was a good word. And for some of you that have not yet made family night a priority in your life, preaching on Sunday for the gathering of not only believers but the lost is not the same thing as what we do on Wednesday night, which is to teach the word. Your kids need to be here. You need to be here. Because... We got to get serious about the day and the hour that we live in. And not only do we need to come and hear, but, but we got to start making sure that we're, we're using whatever means we need to, to take this word and not say, oh, that was a good word. And then walk out in the parking lot and somebody said, man, I missed tonight. What, what pastor say? Oh, it was a good word. What did he say? Man, it was encouraging. But what did he say? Don't look at me like you know what I'm saying is not the truth, because it's the truth. If you ask me what L taught in March, I could say I was so encouraged by it, but I couldn't give you any details till I walked in my office, picked up nine pages of notes, three pages for each week he taught. And I started reading through them. Matter of fact, yesterday in his service, I highlighted three points that he made his second week that ministered to me. We got to get past being entertained mindset in the house of God. I'm looking around this morning. I hardly see 
anybody writing a note. I've given a lot of scriptures, scriptures on the board. If you can take that home and begin to find a way, pull up the website, listen to the message again, whatever. But the, here's the key. Church is not a place for performances and entertainment. It's a place to draw us to the presence of God. And it's his word, say word, that's going to change our life. His word. So, so it's not enough just to hear it once. We got to meditate on that. And maybe that's why we're hanging out in John for a while. If nothing else, maybe you're opening up your Bibles to John 14 over these last several weeks and saying, Lord, I need this word as well. But on Wednesday night teaching, man, Hector taught. It was powerful. He, he gave so many scriptures. I was told recently by somebody that left our church that we don't teach the word. Like, what church do you go to? I mean, when the scriptures are there and the word is being expounded on and being taught, you just justifying rebellion. The word is what changes our life. Amen? I got to close. I'm not finished, but I'm stopping. Hear me this morning. If anything that's been said in this place this morning that's touched your heart as a person that's interested in God, but you don't have a personal relationship yet. In just a moment, I'm going to invite you to let me pray with you and for you. To lead you in a prayer that says, I need you, Father. And the only way I can get to you, Pastor said, is through Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And I need Jesus. Because I need the Holy Spirit. I need the full package of all that God has for me. Knowing about God, my friends, is not enough. Not when you can know him. So would you bow your head for just a moment before the Lord and just out of respect to those that I want to consider this question. And believers, would you just pray? For those who are watching online, those who are going to listen to a podcast this week, those that are sitting in this room, if today you're ready to say, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. This is just between you and Father God, and I'll look around for a moment because I want the joy of leading you in a prayer of surrender to Jesus Christ because it's the beginning of what the Father wants to do in your life if that's you this morning would you just lift up your hand I know this is a, this is a moment right now of destiny for you but you're ready to say pastor that's me pray for me lead me just lift up your hand and hold it nice and high. Let me recognize it this morning and pray with you and over you. Big decision. Biggest decision you'll ever make this side of heaven or hell. 
is I choose the Father who chose me first. He loves you. And today, if you don't know him, man, what a joy it would be to lead you in a prayer. Yes, dear, God bless you. You can put it down once I say it. Thank you so much. God bless you. Anyone else? This is your day. This is your hour. This is your moment. Greatest day in your life. An eternal detour from hell to heaven. Jesus loves you. Anyone else? I don't want to leave anyone out. Those who are watching online, you know I can't see your hand, but I'm going to pray this prayer and you pray with us. All right, I'm going to invite the whole congregation. Pray with me over this precious soul that's raised the hand this morning. Pray this prayer out loud. Father God, I come to you in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. I acknowledge this morning I need you to be my personal Savior. Forgive me of all of my sin. Today, I choose you, Father. I choose your Son, Jesus. Jesus, I repent. I confess my sin. I acknowledge you with my mouth and with my heart. And I invite you to be Lord and Savior of my life. I pray this, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a praise for touching this life this morning. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.